thought the difference in the ball game was the turnovers. Both teams did a good job of the kicking game. It was as physical a, a football game as I've seen since I've been at Texas, I think, with Texas and OU. Um, they're well coached. They're really a good football team, and I thought it was a great game. I told our guys if we that, that's the effort that we've been looking for um, since the season started. Uh, we weren't proud that we lost today, but we were proud of the effort. Man, I know it's my era, but nothing better <laughs> than Mac in the postgame. That's the effort we've been looking for right there. You know, uh, thought, the, thought the effort was there. Oklahoma's just a great team again this year. Oh, that's, uh, that's oh. as good as it gets right there. Beating that guy seemingly every single year. Very badly a couple of times, a few times. And the postgame press conference after. But let, hey, come on, we know why everyone's here right now, right? I'm like legitimately nervous right here. This is like such a big... Uh, moment giving away these two OU Texas tickets and John and I were talking about how to give these away of course we're going with OU Texas trivia so just so everyone knows what's about to happen here we're giving away two OU Texas tickets courtesy of Affordable Door okay now if you don't have our text line number you need it 405-651-3439 that's 405-651-3439 that's the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line I'm about to ask a question, OU Texas Trivia. You are going to text in your answer, and that's how we're going to find our winner of the two OU Texas tickets. Easy enough? Easy enough. Let's do it. Um, Okay. Bob Stoops was the head coach at Oklahoma from 1999 to 2016. What was his overall record against the Texas Longhorns? Easy enough, right? Easy enough question. you Got any Jeopardy music going on or what? What are we doing here? Uh, I'm, I'm just monitoring the text line here, and the first mm. one that says the correct record is going to win. I think I just, I think I just found, found one. Hold on. The texts are rolling in so quickly here. Let me scroll down and find the first person that said 11 and 7, which is the correct answer. Wow. 11 and 7 was the correct answer. That was Bob Stoops' overall record. And just to check our work here, okay, the 11 wins, 2,000. 2001, 2002, 2003, 2004. What a time uh, that was to be alive, right? 07, 2010, 2011, 2012, 2014, and his last year in 2016. That's 11 wins. His seven losses, 99, 05, 06, 08, 09, 13, and 2015 for an 11 and 7 overall record. I mean, do do you want to see what's happening here on on the text line? It's just, it's... Travis, do you have it in front of you here? How many yes. people are texting in? I'm going to have to scroll. I'm going to like. I'm, I mean, it's going to take me a few minutes to find the winner because the texts come in in order, Jeez. and I'm going to scroll all the way down. And um, that's I'm still scrolling. Actually, I'm going to go to uh, a page here and see how many texts that we've already got this hour alone. I'm still scrolling. Wow. I, I, hey, listen, I, I haven't heard y'all's answer on this, but this is the most hyped in this text in this text thread showing it this is the most hyped ou texas game since well hold on 306 texts so far holy that, that we've gotten so far that's fantastic jeez you guys are awesome jeez. most hyped texas ou texas game since when uh most hyped texas game since let me think um probably 2008 i would say has to be 08 yeah ou was yeah. one texas was five in that game um, this is the most expensive ticket. I, I remember in 03, 
tickets were around 300 apiece, and that was during the uh, that, that was that was a, during a very fun part of this rivalry. Definitely for OU, but both teams were top ten year in and year out. Um, th- th- this is the most I can remember tickets being in quite some time, maybe since 2008. Honestly, tickets are insane, and you're seeing that by how many people are trying to win uh, tickets right now via the text line. Yeah, there, there is a winner. Only there is a like winner. A, for only I'm having like 11 listeners, this is pretty fantastic. <laughs> Seriously, yeah. It's pretty wild. Uh, thank you, guys. Thank you, guys, for all your interactions. Some uh, some lucky person's going to win these tickets. And, yeah, a reminder, we will be in Dallas on Friday and then before and after the game on Saturday as well. Come by the Omni downtown in Dallas. We'll be there from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. on Friday Virtually the entire team will be there during live shows, and we've got some cool ref swag to give away. John actually got one of the uh, ref T-shirts. This is my Beat Texas ref. This is my Ref Army Beat Texas shirt. We'll be giving away some of those. I've got some ref hats to give away, some ref koozies. So uh, come by and see us downtown Omni on Friday, and then we'll be there before and after the game as well. All right, I, I, so I'm, I'm going to lead us into a conversation here, and while you two guys are diagnosing this i'm gonna try and find the winner of these two tickets because i know everyone's freaking out right now trying to find the winner um biggest factor in this game how about this what makes you the most confident the single thing that makes you the most confident uh ou's chances john dylan gabriel dylan gabriel makes me the most confident um the stats are there to back it up i've seen the energy and confidence um and golly what I'm trying to think of the word to describe it. A a Baker-esque quality he's exhibited over the last two weeks. This guy's ready to play. He knows this is last year. He knows it's his last hurrah. This is the biggest college football game he's ever been a part of, and I believe that he's going to bring it. Dylan Gabriel gives me the most confidence heading to Dallas on Saturday. Travis, what about you? Yeah, I would have to agree. Um, It's it's Dylan Gabriel for me. Uh, I've long been on these airwaves, uh, you know, pumping sunshine to anybody who would listen to my takes about Dylan Gabriel. The thing is, Quinn Ewers, some idiot GM is still going to draft him in the first round for no damn reason. With Dylan Gabriel, this single game with all the eyes on him could legitimately springboard him up into being like a mid-round draft pick. Um, I don't think it's it's not going to put him anywhere near the first round. But these are the type of games where people say, because the knocks on him are, can you go win you a game? But I think I, th- I think he has had to pay for a lot of the sins of Oklahoma's defense last year, and I think this is an opportunity to step up, go win a big game over a team that you know got I think ten first place votes. So uh, Dylan Gabriel, I think last week how he was lowering his shoulder into dudes, how he was playing with more swag, I think it activated that dog in him, as the kids say. So yeah, that's my answer. We we have a winner, by the way. Whoa! Um, I I found the winner. 11 and 7, 405, they said 11 and 7. I, we've got over 500 texts this segment. I'll, I'll get to the exact number because I'm very curious to see what he gets up to. Mike Wolf, I said, winner, name and number. He says, Mike Wolf, baby, with seven exclamation marks. Wow. He's pretty, uh, he's pretty jacked up right now, as he should be. Nice. Mike, congratulations, bud. Mike, you're going OU, Texas. You are going OU, Texas. Do you think his friends, uh, you think his friends just call him the Wolf? And, like, howl at him all the time, like, when he walks by. Well, they know. better all weekend long, whoever friend or whoever he takes. Oh, my God. Can you imagine Mike Wolf at the bar? I mean, how much howling happens when Mike <laughs> Wolf goes to the bar? 
And now he's going to be telling stories about the. Hey, remember that time I texted in eleven and seven and won the greatest tickets ever? And then and, they went down and they won sixty three to oh, six and they beat dude, Texas. Dude, you better year. be a lucky charm, Mike Wolf. Holy crap! Says can't freaking wait. Well, I can't wait for you, Mike. That's uh, that's that's pretty cool. Yeah. So Dylan Gabriel for you. You know, I I think guys that. And, and this is the case for most games, but I think definitely this game. I think OU is going to hold their own against Texas' running game. I don't. I don't think they're going to hold them to thirty yards or anything like that. But I, I think Texas is going to struggle to run the ball consistently against this OU defense. I think OU is going to heat up uh, Quinn Ewers. I, I really do. I, I think they know the importance of getting pressure on him. Because he's a guy, if you let him sit back there all day, those wide receivers are good enough to create separation, regardless of how good OU's back end is. Travis, like, if we're listing key factors for this game, I mean, getting consistent pressure on Quinn Ewers, which, by the way, like, the sack numbers will tell you that, uh, OU's just okay getting the quarterback. I think that they're a lot better than that. Like, go back and watch the games. I think that OU quarterbacks have been under consistent pressure this year. But that's got to be, like, one of the major three keys for me in this game, getting consistent pressure on Ewers. Yeah, Tyler, the first three coaches uh, that we played against all mentioned Oklahoma's pressure. Uh, Tulsa even had to make a change at the quarterback position and cited Oklahoma's pressure for the need to do that or that caused that change. Uh, consi- you know, a lot of the interceptions that have been thrown this year, obviously, um, you know, we've got ten interceptions as a team. A lot of those, the majority of those, have been thrown under duress, off the back foot a lot of times. So, with that, you can look at sack numbers. Cool. I think it's a. I think it's a dumb stat. If you are, if you are causing pressure, you, they'll throw an interception. They'll throw it away. It's still going to be a positive play. You don't. While it's nice to sack them, you know, it, it's not always a crystal clear picture of how the rush has been. And Tyler, sounds like R. Mason Thomas is going to be back completely healthy uh, for this that's, game. So as huge. PJ has gotten better and better, you've got R. Mason Thomas back. You're looking at those edge players, and you're going, all right, let, let's see what you got. You know, you got this pancake factory. You got all the uh, the nice, expensive big tackles right there. Let's see what you can do against them. So uh, I think we're going to have a lot of speed off the edge this week. We're just going to rotate those guys and be super fresh. But, yeah, I think, uh, I think we get after Quinn early and often and with some exotic stuff. Uh, you obviously heard – um, you know, Brent talking in, in that feature about the rivalry with Bob and Barry that's been really cool that OU football's been putting out. And they talked about the double cat they did against Vince Young where they kept 25 times, he said, they brought both corners in on blitzes and just really screwed with him in his ability to run. Brent Venables isn't afraid to, uh, you know, get creative with this. And this is a game that they've had circled. So uh, expect some very, very creative pressures. Feels like OU is as healthy as they've been all year long, man. You mentioned R. Mason Thomas there. Josiah Wagner is back. Reggie Pearson was back. And we'll see uh, about Javante Barnes or not. But across the defense anyway, like we, we've heard so much about competitive depth. Well, and I think we've really seen it because you've had some guys banged up the first five games. But they're well, they're, they're in a good spot. Your, your biggest loss is Justin Harrington. Well, yeah. Right? So, that, so that's your biggest loss. But to your competitive depth statement, it, to know that we're rolling out Dyson McCullough in his place doesn't freak you out. In fact, you say to yourself, or man, Bowen. man, this dude's pretty good. Yeah, or Payne Bowen. E- either or one. But, but I just think about, I think about uh, McCullough because we're looking at maybe potentially having to line him up against Jatavion Sanders. You've got the big body, the rangy, all of that kind of stuff. I think it's a better matchup if the, if the tight end does end up playing. 
But, guys, the no- I mean, look, the number of players that are in our defensive backfield, it's, it's the first time we've ever been able to have an argument in the last 10 to 12 years about guys that we want to play and sitting other guys that your friends want to play. Right, so somebody goes, "Well, I actually think Bowman should sit down, and it should be Bo- it should be Bowen and Pearson." And you're like, "You absolutely." There's only your- one option before, and you're absolutely out of your mind if you think. <laughs> and I think you're absolutely out of your mind if you don't want Bowman on the field. Yeah. But before we couldn't even physically have the arguments because there wasn't any other players to play. Guys, we played Justin Broyles for four years. Justin Broyles played for four years. Justin Broyles wouldn't sniff the field. In, in, in a mop-up duty with the guys that we've got on this secondary right now. Um, text line is awesome. It's Slim Brady says, Mike Wolf is a scalper. Draw again. This texter from the 405 says, well, I now identify as Mike Wolf. <laughs> Didn't put the E at the end of Wolf there, but, you know, still good nonetheless. Uh, hey. This one says, hey, Mike, it's me, your best friend, Kaysen. Call me. I like I like it. Uh, I didn't realize it was that Mike Wolf with the E on the end. I know that guy. Awesome. I'm I'm excited about that. And uh, yeah, I've had three people come up to me at the bowling alley saying they were Mike Wolf, and that that wasn't uh, them either. So <laughs> yeah, you get the um, tickets. Mike Wolf here. Ha- yeah, I forgot my ID, Tul- but I'm Mike Wolf. Yeah. yeah, half the people in Tulsa are now uh, are now Mike Wolf. Half the people listening are now Mike Wolf. No, that's how awesome many, stuff. How many people are on Google right now registering a, a, a Gmail under Mike Wolf nine 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 five eight? If I know the text line <laughs> like I think I do, if I know the text line like I think I do, um, Mike Wolf will now be a joke on the text line here moving forward. Yeah. People will start signing there. <laughs> Four hundred and seventy-four uh, texts that first segment. By the way, that's what we're uh, that's where we're ending at. And by the way, next segment are we are we talking to uh, your podcast partner Kevin Miller? the Texas fan side of the Boomer Bevo podcast. We are getting the resident expert mm. on the Texas Longhorns in here. If you saw my tweet on Twitter this uh, morning, I said, Tyler, this is your favorite segment of the it month. Ask is. a Longhorn anything. Kevin is, he is quite smug right now. He is quite smug. He's happy. He's feeling really, really good. And I, part of me just wants him to keep feeling good so that he'll feel even worse when we lose it, when he loses, you know, and I'm friends with him. Like I love the guy. But I just hope he feels absolutely dog horrible on Saturday afternoon. Uh, text line, you uh, you know the drill here. You can sign your text, Mike Wolf. You can do whatever <laughs> you want. If uh, you want to talk smack to a Texas fan, Kevin Miller, uh, the Texas side of the Boomer Bevo podcast, text us. If you got a legitimate question for Kevin, you can send that in as well, 405-651-3439. We are live at Brown O'Haver today in more. Travis is at Andy B's in Tulsa. More to come next right here on The Ref. It's the rush on the ref, Tyler McComas, Travis Davidson, John Whitson, and now Kevin Miller, the two hosts of the Boomer Bevo podcast, join us this segment because we are asking a Texas fan anything. That's what we're doing. Kevin Miller, extremely nice guy, 51 weeks out of the year. I, I really like Kevin Miller. He's a cool dude. But this week, John, I don't know. No, he's been obnoxious. Yeah. It's been around the office, on the podcast. It's been hard to handle. Normally, I love hanging out with Kevin, but the smugness and just the utter uppityness is just too much. I can't deal with it. Hey, I'm a Texas fan. What do you expect? <laughs> Fair point. Fair point. So this is just how you operate every single week. We're Pretty just much. noticing a little bit Pretty more. Much. Listen, so i got to get 49-0 in as much as I can because I only have a few more days to use it. <sighs> yeah, well, get it out of your system now, please. <laughs> uh, okay, Kevin Miller, Texas fan. How? Uh, what are your genuine thoughts? How are you feeling Wednesday of OU Texas? You know, I'm, I'm feeling good. I like Texas' chances, but I'm nervous. You know how it is, man. You get close to game day. The fear of losing this game 
it just does something to you, right? It's always great to win, but just thinking about the thought of watching the other team lift the golden hat, it almost makes you cringe, man. So I'm getting nervous. Three most hated Sooners of all time. Well, for me, Quentin Griffin. Good. I love okay. that. They, oh, that just makes me so happy that you said that. Um, and I just envision Will Peoples fumbling at the two, Quentin Griffin just picking up the ball, running it in the end zone, and then what that did to your entire oh, fan base. It was absolutely like, that just That just that does a lot for me yeah, personally. It, it, I was there for that one. <laughs> that one hurts. Um, well, Baker Mayfield, clearly. Okay. Yeah, yeah. that's easy one and uh -huh. two right there. And then third, man. Teddy was on the list. Man, I really like Teddy. He's such a good guy. Well, we like and you. It, You're such a good guy. But, but I mean, it's yeah, sweet, man. man. Just, I mean, come on. I gotta put Teddy. On okay, that, good. Yeah. Teddy might actually love that he's uh, that he's he's on that list. You got a question here from your? Uh, we, we got some uh, text line questions, but. John, what's a question that you've asked Kevin this week, a question that you're going to ask Kevin this week on the Boomer Bevo podcast? Um, why he hates on Desan McCullough so much, why he thinks he sucks, and why he thinks he can't handle Jatavion Saunders. You think Desan McCullough because sucks? Because I think Desan McCullough is fantastic, and I'm looking forward to the matchup. I hope Jatavion Saunders plays so Desan McCullough can shut him down. But Kevin, on the other hand, thinks Desan McCullough sucks. And First I think of all, it's pretty weak. as soon as he entered the portal and I heard he was considering you, I was telling you how excited you should be about Desan McCullough. I think he's a great player. I just wouldn't trust him in coverage against Jatavian Sanders. It has nothing to do with Desan McCullough. I just think Jatavian Sanders is that dude. What, uh, how, how, how well is Desan McCullough going to look in coverage when Jatavian Sanders isn't out there because he's hurt on yeah, Saturday? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. This was all before we knew about the injury. So... I don't know if he's going to play or not. I hope he does because we'll need him. Zane in Tulsa says, Kevin, what sort of impact will Texas being a bunch of sissies have on this game? Well, that's see, you're thinking about old Texas. This is not 2003 anymore. Danny Boomer says, how's his temperature with Arch at this point? Oh, no, Arch is fine, man. The plan was always for him to redshirt. Uh, Suter Man says, Texas fans are always obnoxious. 580, I love kill Kevin Miller. What up, K-Dog? Hook him. Sincerely, Mike Wolf. <laughs> Shout out to Mike Wolf. Congratulations. Uh, Boomer Mike says, for Kevin, what moment from the – it says RRR. We call it the Red River Shootout around here. I don't know about Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Uh, and it's also OU Texas. It's not Texas OU, okay? We're here. What in, moment in, in, from in OU moment. Texas hurt Kevin the most? Ooh, I like this one a lot, too. Oh, 2021. Easily. Kennedy Brooks running in, a walk-off touchdown. Uh, it's heartbreaking, man. Wor worse than worse than Teddy Lehman uh, catching uh, Superman's deflection in the uh, end zone because you were there. Yeah, that was your first moment. It was my first one, but the thing is, were we really going to go down the field and get a touchdown against that defense from our own three-yard line? No, we're twenty-eight-seven. It was perfect. It would have been a program-defining moment for Steve Sarkeesian, and it just all fell apart. And watching him run through the end zone completely untouched on a counterplay that they had to run three times we never adjusted to it that is by far the worst gunny says kevin i'm just glad i haven't had to hear the name shipley in a while and more than anything with jordan shipley it's like yeah guys we get it he's roommates with colt mccoy we get it we, we had to we had to say that every single game okay. didn't we every game and did you know that their brothers were also roommates <laughs> and their dads were roommates <laughs> at abilene christian uh, uh scary gary says ask him to say boomer hmm I'm going to hold off on that. Do you guys do bets on the Boomer Bevo podcast? It's a, it's a gentleman's bet for the game. We've done it well before the podcast. It's a Coke and a candy bar. No spread, no nothing. It's win or lose because that's all that matters this week is win or lose, Coke and a candy bar. We've gotten a little older, both of us, so it's now a Coke Zero, and there's no peanuts in my candy bar. But 
it's still a Coke and a candy bar. 918, does Kevin trust Sark to dial up the right offensive play against the BV defensive play with the game on the line? Yes, I do. You do? I do. What, what's going to happen? Who's He's throwing the ball in that spot. Yes. If it, well, Sanders is playing against him. If not, it's worthy. So how, how where are we – not we, sorry. Where are you guys as a fan base – with Steve Sarkeesian, eight and twelve overall, but he got that massive win at Alabama. What's what's the temperature with him right now? Well, things are getting better, but to me, it's just a wait and see approach, just like it was going into the season. You know, I'm excited about the win over Bama, but I need to see how this season plays off before I really trust him as a head coach. I'm not fully there. So yet. you're not going full send on like him as a head coach, or this is a team like you're still. No, I like this team. Yeah. I like the way the roster is built, and I like the makeup of the team. I like the blend of experience and good young players. But as far as Sark, I'm not 100% in yet. Uh, from the 918, hey, Kevin, what's your favorite memory from the 2011 or 2012 Red River bloodbath? I literally have none. <laughs> I literally have none. Uh, I guess it would have been 2012, the uh, the blocked PAT that they ran back the other way. Like, OU scores first at 6 nothing. Then Texas, like, ends up getting a two-point after that, and then they didn't score for yeah, a very, I've, very I've long I've tried time. to erase that both of those games from my memory completely. Um, <laughs> some of these texts here coming in are amazing. Travis, you got anything for the uh, resident Texas fan here at Brown O'Haver? No, let the text line cook. That thing is on uh, fire right now. Suter Studi, Kevin, how does it feel having a team logo that looks like well, I think we all know what it looks like. Hey, man, stop hating. That's all I gotta say. 8-3-2, if Sanders doesn't play that will be why they lose, just like when they lose the Natty against Bama where all the Longhorns believe that they would have won if Colt had played. Oh, I, I firmly believe that. I'll, I'll die on that hill. Texas wins the national championship, the 2009 national championship, yes. if Colt McCoy doesn't get hurt. Absolutely. Okay. I yeah. mean, just, just like you guys win in 08 if DeMarco Murray plays. Well, you, you definitely have a point on that one. Oh, I, oh, yeah. I, I, mean, DeMar- I mean, DeMarco went on to be, uh, you know, the rushing title guy, you know, offensive player of the year, all this. Colt McCoy's greatest achievement is backing up Kyler Murray. And he won four games with the Browns. Yeah. That, I, I hear well, you. His, don't forget his 3-1 and one record against the Oklahoma Sooners. Yeah. I mean, Colt McCoy was a heck of a college quarterback. I don't want to take anything away from that kid. He was not – who came in? Garrett Gilbert? Garrett Gilbert. Yeah, I mean, Garrett freshman. Gilbert was not going to roll in and beat an Alabama team. But I, I think I think Texas probably does beat Alabama if uh, if, if Colt McCoy gets hurt. Nine one eight, love the Boomer Bevo podcast. Yeah, you, they can find that anywhere, anywhere. Uh, you get podcast. OU in Texas podcast, uh, man, it's uh, cool. Yeah, absolutely anywhere. Follow us on Twitter uh, at Boomer Bevo Pod. But yeah, YouTube, iTunes, you name it, we're on it. Uh, what's it like for your rival to be the better program? <laughs> Straight you know, it's not fun. Point. It's not fun. But I do acknowledge that it's true. Okay, Brent Venables. I, I asked you about Sark. I asked you about Quinn Ewers. Um, you don't have to say something nice because we're all, you know, texting at you and sitting right here. What, what are your honest assessments of Brent Venables up to this point? Well, I think it's kind of like I said about Sark. It's still a, a wait and see, right? I mean, I think he's shown he can build a roster. I thought the transfer portal was great for OU this year. And so far, so good. I think we'll see We'll know a lot more about BV after Saturday and how this season plays out. I think the potential is there, but, you know, you just got to wait and see. You just never know with these guys until they actually prove it. How does Texas fan feel about the move to the SEC? Oh, like around it. here, it's like, thank God, no more 11 a.m. kicks, better home games. Like, what? what's the, the Everything is better. I was thinking about it the other day, and there's literally not one school that I'm going to miss playing. Well, I said that. 
our post game show after the Iowa State game, it was thank God we never have to play Iowa exactly. State again. Good riddance. Yes, the better road trips, better home games. Literally everything is better. And I think Texas and OU are going to fare, fare quite well in the SEC. And I think we're going to do good right away. It's interesting that you guys go into the league and OU and Texas still going to play. Could be one of the you know biggest rivalries moving forward in the SEC where. Because it seems like both teams are, you know, headed for, for better days, or at least Texas anyway. OU's had better days here in the past decade plus. But you got that A&M rivalry that's sitting there. Yeah. I guess what's what's the overall feel with getting A&M back on the schedule? I'm excited about it. I miss playing the Aggies, as weird as they are. I always They're enjoy that They're definitely weird. Game. It's a cult there. Yeah, I always enjoy that game. Nothing better than going to Kyle Field and getting your win. Where's, uh, where's Texas' biggest edge in this game? Um, I think in the trenches on both sides, but especially their defensive line going up against the interior of Oklahoma's offensive line. Mm-hmm. I do like the tackles, but I think our uh, defensive tackles, Tavondre Sweat and Byron Murphy, I think they're in for a big game. What, what makes you nervous about this game? Our secondary. I think their plays will be made against the defense, especially if we don't get pressure, right? We've been able to get pressure, especially up the middle. And Anthony Hill coming off the edge, Ethan Burke coming off the edge. But if we aren't able to get to Dylan Gabriel quickly, then there will be plays to be made for the Sooners against the uh, Texas secondary. From the 918, Kevin, how is Ewers going to do running as much as usual against uh, OU speed defense? You know, I think he'll I think he'll do great. Quinn usually is at his best in the biggest games. He's been much more poised in the pocket this year. That's what, what's impressed me. And his ability to run when it's there if OU plays man. What I'm curious to see is what Benneville's game plan is going to be. Is he going to bring all these crazy exotic blitzes with safeties and corners coming off the edge? Or yes. is he going to drop eight? Because yes. really Quinn has been at his worst when teams are dropping eight. We saw that in Oklahoma State game last year. Scary Gary says, has Kevin had any of Sark's vodka? Which I know some OU fans are making fun of that today because it's National uh, Vodka Day. Jeez. I think he gave that up. Um, so so what's uh, what, what, what do you do here at Brown O'Haver, Kevin? I know you guys are busy all the time. So yeah, I, I really help more on the content side. You know, when people suffer losses, I go into their homes, help them do a uh, physical inventory count of their things, make sure they get paid fairly for all of their items, not just the big stuff like the insurance company would normally do. We ain't getting you out of here until you give the final score prediction. All right, well, I'm going Texas, and I'm going 38-27. 38-27? You, don't, you think it's a double-digit game? Yeah, Jeez. This is a shot. See, I think this is what I'm talking about. This is what I'm talking about. He's smug. He's strutting around the office. He's feeling hot. I can't even believe it, dude. We were just talking about how big the line was, and you just blew the line out of the water. Yeah, I think it's close. I think it's close. I think we get a late score. Wow, so put it, put it yeah. Well, hey, Brent was trying to avoid the bulletin board material. Um, thank you to Kevin from the Boomer Bevo podcast and Brown O'Haver for providing the bulletin board material. Hey, we'll see you all again no matter what happens. We'll run it back in December. But I, I dislike the take from OU fans saying, yeah, but if we lose, we're going to see him again. Oh, no, no, no. I want to beat him Two twice. Two things. I want to beat him twice. Yes, I want to beat him twice. I don't ever want to lose to these morons. But there, there's no guarantee. Like, I think that they're going to match up again as well in the Big 12 championship game. There's no guarantee. I, I don't want to ever waste an opportunity to beat these guys. No, thank you. Well, you no have to be a little pessimistic about yourselves at times. Yeah, you, know. you know, something goes wrong, Sorry. but – no, you guys will be fine. Uh, you guys ready for this game to not be at 11 a.m., maybe moving forward here in the SEC? Yeah, or? I love the 2.30 kickoffs. I don't know if it'll ever be a night game. So Texas fans hate 11 a.m. kickoffs as much as yeah, they do. Yeah, I don't mind it for this game, but overall, yeah, the 11 oh, o'clock. One more question. I'll see if Travis has one more, but one more question for me. Now, this has been a big talking point for the past year. 
Um, there's some numbers to back it up, but OU fans feel like they're getting screwed by the Big 12 officials right now. Last year, there was just one Big 12 team called for a holding call against OU. In the Cincinnati game, there were like five questionable calls. Um, at this point, it's, it's it's pretty interesting, Kevin. Are Texas fans experiencing the same thing with yeah, Big 12 especially refs? especially in our game against Wyoming. There was one play where the quarterback ran out of bounds at, at the 11, and they spotted the ball at the 8-yard line. This literally gave them three yards. So who knows what we're going to get the rest of the season. But that's why we both got to handle business. Go out and just beat the crap out of teams, and the rest won't be a factor. Uh, Travis, you got a question for Kevin over here at Brown O'Haver? Um, let's see. Question. I think, you know, your secondary concerns, um, does that have anything to do with Ryan Watts's health? Yes, it does. Absolutely. And then just the, the safety play in general, they seem to get a little bit lost and they struggle. They don't have the speed to turn and run with guys like Andrew Anthony. So I don't know if they're going to bracket him or what's the, what's the plan for coverage on them, but that is definitely my concern. I'm not Getting sure pressure if, uh, on Gabriel's paramount. I'm not sure if you've heard of this other guy that's pretty fast. Brennan Thompson will be uh, mm. um, playing in this game this year wearing crimson and cream. That guy's pretty quick too. So uh, yeah, him yeah, him and Andrew out there at the same time might be might be a fun day for your safeties. Hey, we got to get pressure. We're getting Gabriel's face, bless him a little bit. Hopefully that doesn't happen. I, I just hope people close to Jatavian Sanders are saying, "Hey, man, um, let's make a business decision here. You, you, you get long, you got the draft coming up here. Let's think, let's long, think term. long term here. How you're important play, really you're gonna is play this Oklahoma game? Again? You're gonna play him again. You're, you're gonna play him again. What's the big deal? Hey, if you lose this game, who cares? You'll play him again. Why, yeah. John? You got Dayson McCullough. Right? That's a good point. Fair point. We, you know what? 30, Go ahead and play. We got McCullough. Thirty-eight twenty-seven says Kevin Miller of the Boomer Bevo Podcast and Brown O'Hare. Wow, uh, I love doing this every year. I uh, mean, you're, you're you're a good guy. We we like you. Hey, I we like you, you guys. Lot. Giving me the opportunity. There you go, Kevin Miller, the Boomer Bevo Podcast. Go check out the Boomer Bevo Podcast wherever you get your podcast. More coming up next, uh, right here on the Ref for the homeless Suter fans. It's the rush on the Ref. Tyler McComas, Travis Davidson, John Whitson, John and I are live at Brown O'Haver, where if you've experienced a loss from fire theft. Tornado or water, you need to call Brown O'Haver, 405-735-5510. Travis is in Tulsa at Andy B's. And, Travis, first, tell us what's going on at Andy B's. And, second, what's the second-best game in college football this weekend behind OU and Texas? OU Texas, by far and away, is the best game. But I think the only other top 25 matchup is in – well, you've got two. You've got Kentucky at Georgia – Notre Dame at Louisville, and then that LSU uh, at Missouri game. So I guess what's the second-best game in college football behind OU Texas this weekend? Well, first and foremost, I'm out here at Andy B's, uh, and uh, Rylan Bristow, the guy in charge out here, was in the giving mood as well. He saw all the excitement going on. The next person that walks in and takes a photo with me gets a this $50 gift card I'm holding nice. to Andy B's. So walk in, say hi, take a photo with me. $50 to Andy B's, the first person what, that What if Mike in. Wolf wins that one, too? Are people going to be mad? If, my, if Mike Wolf comes in, 
I uh, hey, you know what? If he's the first one, he's the first one in. Maybe this guy's just a gamer. So, um, anyways, yep, fifty dollar gift card to the first person that walks in these doors. I'm right in the in the front hallway and takes a photo with me. But they've got service industry night tonight. Seven dollar unlimited bowling uh, for all servers, bartenders, cooks, everything like that. Uh, that'll be uh, every Wednesday night they do that. And then kids eat free with a purchase of an adult entree today. They've got the Oklahoma City location opening up. Like I said, maybe uh, you could probably stow this $50 gift card uh, if you need the uh, Oklahoma City uh, location. You happen to be in Tulsa today. Just come by, say hi, take a picture, get a $50 gift card. And as far as the best games, Tyler, I'm between two of them. I'm between two of them. Either the Bama A&M game or, man, Kentucky-Georgia. Yeah. Like, I think Kentucky-Georgia is probably it for me. I mean, Kentucky, Kentucky's – I didn't even know it was possible for a team, a real SEC team, to be undefeated through five games and uh, and, and get as little love as they're getting. Uh, they've been playing really, really good football over there, and uh, Georgia hasn't looked all that great. And the, go, and the thing is, are they sleepwalking, you know, or are they just playing with their food because they're so good? They're going to get, I mean, they're going to have to wake up and play if they want to beat Kentucky. I mean, this Kentucky is the best team that Georgia will have faced up to this point. Um, they were at Auburn last week. Uh, they played South Carolina earlier in the year. And, yeah, Georgia just feels like they're sleepwalking right now. And for a physical brand of football like Kentucky plays, in no way is Kentucky more talented, John, but – the way that Georgia's played up to this point, can Kentucky win that game? Yes. Sure, Kentucky can win that game. Yeah, yeah. No, they, they can. It's hard to say they will. I mean, Georgia, we, we know the talent level that's on the Georgia team. And even compared to another SEC roster uh, like Kentucky, the talent level is still far and away, uh, you know, better. However, they have struggled against South Carolina, like you said. They struggled against Auburn. It took a big-time play from Bowers. I think they in. were down double digits to both of those teams yeah. this year. And I think Kentucky's better than both of those teams yeah, I agree. right now. And so that's fascinating. For me, though, it is the Alabama uh, A&M game just because I literally can't stand A&M, and I hope they lose. Agree. I, 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 I don't know. The Petrino, Petrino getting added to it to the mix was just like one more. It's like they were else? already so hateable, but yeah. they added one of the most hateable uh, pieces that are, was are currently have, in college football. Are we going to, I mean, the only thing that could be worse than, than what's going on right now is whatever staff uh, urban Meyer puts together when they inevitably fire um, Jimbo, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like, well, there was a rumor uh, last night that he's going to be the next head coach at Michigan state or interested in the Michigan state job. And, uh, that came out today saying, yeah, that's that's not right. He's happy with his uh, I can't, TV job. I can't imagine a scenario where Michigan State, after what they fired Mel Tucker for, would feel comfortable with hiring Urban Meyer Seriously. and all of his exploits. Yeah, uh, Travis, what's the narrative uh, this Saturday night if Bama goes down to College Station and loses? Like, the SEC West is already wide open at this point, but – is the Saban dynasty dead? Is that what Feinbaum and everyone's saying if they go down to College Station and lose? I mean, is it I, – I think if they do lose, I think it will be because of quarterback play. And my question is, does that fall on Saban or does that fall on Tommy Reese? And I think that might be more of the issue. I mean, Saban has had to replace coordinator after coordinator after coordinator, and we all know that Tommy wasn't his first pick. So the question, again, becomes, 
is this a saving thing or is this a look we just can't score the ball this year you know we still have a really good defense so as long as we uh, as long as we get a, a new offensive coordinator in here let's keep it going so I, th- I think that's probably the narrative I think it has far more to do with quarterback play and I think that goes for a lot of them I think that goes for Georgia um, obviously Clemson's offense uh, they, they, they've talked about that um, you look at Ohio State early the question was quarterback so I mean I, I think that's what the narrative is going to be is blue bloods that are, are struggling to get good quarterback play and uh, seeing how that the offensive coordinator that's his job Gentlemen, I do not think the SEC is getting two teams in the playoff this year. No. Uh, I thought that was very possible before the year, but LSU could go to Missouri and lose. Alabama could go to A&M and lose this weekend. Um, I'm not saying that Georgia's their only hope as things currently sit, but, yeah, John, I, I mean, I, I would say that well, the Pac-12 is going to have a chance. I still might say the Big Ten could have the best chance of getting two teams in into the playoff. I actually I, I love the Pac-12. Um, I think between Oregon, Washington, and I'm going to say it, SC, although I don't think they have the defense to compete with the first two that I just mentioned. The fact is you've got the three best quarterbacks playing right now, and maybe the fourth for Shadir Sanders, depending on if he can bounce back from these last two losses. But uh, I love what Washington does. I love what Oregon does. I think they're loaded. They're talented. And – they're in a position where they could probably get two in. I don't think anybody wants to see Ohio State and Michigan in again. I just, I mean, it just, the, the, the excitement level for those two schools, maybe for Ohio State, but Michigan is just not there to the point that they're going to want to put two of those in there. Um, and then you've got Florida State and the ACC still alive, right? They haven't lost yet, have they? Correct, yeah. So you got one Fl- of the best teams. So I, I think that this is probably, it's a, a pretty wide open year, and I don't think it's a year you get to. Definitely not from the SEC. I, I'm going to argue back and say I think Georgia is their lone hope because I don't think Alabama survives. Uh, I think they're going to at least lose one more game. Yeah, Alabama and LSU. I, I think the SEC West winner is going to have at least two losses this yep. year. And Alabama and LSU have to still play each other this year. That game's in Tuscaloosa in a few weeks. So one of those will have a loss, but I'm, I'm with you on that as well, definitely. Like, good year for Georgia like because Georgia looks like they're sleepwalking. Good year for them to run across an SEC that seems very, very down. Well, the crazy part about Georgia is, golly, I mean, all we've heard about is SEC schedule this and SEC schedule that. Their schedule's terrible. Now, granted, they were supposed to have an Oklahoma on their schedule, which would have improved the look of that. But just within the SEC, it's not very good. Kentucky, it might be the best team they have left. On they got to go to Tennessee late in the year. That could be that could be their toughest yeah, game. But. Golly, you know, even Alabama has played a tougher schedule than they have. Yep. It's pretty crazy. 405-651-3439, Knippelmeyer, Chevrolet text line. We'll get to your text and more coming up next right here on The Ref. Central Oklahoma Buick GMC dealers bringing you the sour of the rush. Tyler McComas, Travis Davidson, John Whitson, John and I are at Brian O'Haver, where if you've experienced a loss from fire, theft, tornado, or water, you need to call Brian O'Haver, 405-735-5510. Brian O'Haver routinely gets clients 30 to 40% more money over than doing it on their own. Travis is there at Andy B's, where if you walk in, take a photo with him, you're going to leave with a $50 gift card. Not, not a bad deal. Up there at Andy B's in Tulsa, Andy B's will soon be coming to OKC. Uh, okay, from the 918, if the SEC champion has two losses, do they still get into the playoff? It's yes. never happened, but there's always a first. 
would they really have a playoff without an SEC team? John, you say yes. yes. Well, yeah, I mean, LSU got in with two losses, and that was when there was only two teams. Auburn was going to get in in two losses in 2017. Auburn had two losses, but they had beaten Alabama late in the year, and I think they had beaten Georgia, who was really good as well. They rematched with Georgia in the SEC championship. If they win that game, they're back in the playoff. Yeah but they ended up losing that game. No, no, the answer, yeah. is, the answer is yes. If they have two losses, it'll be because the SEC has such a strength of schedule that no other no other conference can dare to compete with um, until next year when we will all agree with that statement. Travis, uh, how about this one from Greg and Lawton? I was talking that last segment about the conference with the best chance to get two teams in. Greg says, why not the Big 12? OU and Texas both could make it. Yeah, I think they lack the depth, the competitive depth if you will, uh, as a conference in its entirety. I would look for, you know, other conferences like, I don't know, I think the Big Ten probably has better competitive depth when you look at Ohio State, Michigan, and Penn State. Like, what does your third and fourth team look like, right? You can't just be completely top-heavy. Obviously, the Pac-12 or Pac-2, they've got it right now. Um, I think I think the SEC can, and I think it's got to be LSU because of that Florida State game. And I think if Florida State has thought highly enough then you just still have the one loss maybe in conference, and then you can you know, you know can go forward saying, hey, you know what, it was early in the season. Because as we know, guys, the farther you're separated from your losses, you know, the committee really likes that, right? So if you lose early and then you get on a run, they can say, well, they really, they really figured some things out. So I don't think the Big 12 can, but I think the SEC can. Just crazy how flawed some of these SEC teams are. LSU is so bad on defense. Alabama is so bad on offense, and Georgia's just kind of, you know, doing whatever right now. So, yeah, I'm not the camp that the SEC gets two teams in the college football playoff. All right, final hour is next. You know what we're doing. More OU Texas on the other side. Keep it locked on the ref.